0: Ah, there we go
1: there he is how you doing man <laughs> How you doing, my guy? I'm great. thank you so much for popping on here, man. I really appreciate it
0: uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it been a busy day your way It's been a busy three days, but <laughs> know, I expected it and you know uh and um is you know we knew it was gonna be a really um um eventful off season so you know, the first domino dropped, and you know I, I expected there to be some more stuff. You know, as we as we venture on in the next three week, three to six weeks. So you're saying you were
1: not unsettled and shocked and surprised by the news that everyone has been prepared
0: for for three months now. I was not unnerved. No, <laughs> I, I was not, and um, you know, I suspect neither was nobody else. Um. But, you know, it was, it was definitely, you know, one of those things that we knew that was going to happen. Um, and, you know, obviously the Jazz were really pushing, you know, the Jazz really wanted to, to know with some clarity which which direction they had to go in terms of whether or not they were going to um, have to, to, to look for a head coach or not.
1: So I started getting wind of – this theoretical outcome, which obviously became the outcome on Sunday when Quinn Snyder stepped down. That's what we're obviously talking about here. Um, or, or maybe it was even around the, like the, the, the dust settling of the trade deadline. On the ground following this team, I mean, you're, always, you're obviously always on the road. I bumped into you randomly in New Orleans one night when uh, you guys were in town for the Pelicans game.
0: Yes, we did. Like,
1: when did when did this start to really become something that you were monitoring? Because for me, again, I don't remember specifically when I first wrote about it, but not saying I was the first one, but when I first wrote it personally, it was definitely like late February, early March. Does that kind of line up with you, or were you way ahead of me?
0: Nah, I mean, I, you know, listen, I I heard you know rumblings or whatever, but you know, I mean, it's a little, I, it, I think it's different a little bit when you know, it's, it's a day-to-day thing with the jazz, you know, you kind of like, I don't want to say not, not believe it, but I mean, it was just, you know, we were, you know, we're focusing on, you know, the stuff that that's day-to-day at hand. And, you know, obviously you see the reports or whatever, when it became real for me, like when it became really real for me was, um, you know the 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 night where um, Jazz lost Game Six and uh, lost Game Six to Dallas, and you know Quinn spoke in almost you know exclusively past tense,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know obviously he kind of cleaned that up when he spoke when he spoke to us a couple of weeks uh, about a week a couple of days later. You know, it was like, "Oh, I spoke in past tense or whatever." But you know, that's when it was like, "Okay, this is probably a little bit." Um, this is probably real. And then when, you know, I realized that he had been offered a contract extension that was really significant, and it, you know, um, and knowing where the neighborhood of that dollar amount was, it wasn't accepted. You know, uh, instantaneously, um, then I, f- I was like, "Yeah, this is this is definitely trending um, the way of, of of Quinn stepping down." So, you know, I didn't pay that much attention to it during the season, just because you know you're covering the season and there, there was so much to pay attention to. Um, but it definitely started to to come to light. You know, I, it's definitely started to become real after after the season ended.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly the timing, but I was I, I'm under the, I'm, I'm of the understanding I was told that the first contract overtures, if you will, came sometime before the season started or in the beginning of the season in the late fall or, or, or late off season or early fall late off season um, and then there were multiple other framework structures whatever you want to call it that were presented to Quinn and he just repeatedly always declined. Um, and I think that's how the story started to make its rounds around the league and lead up to the playoffs being that, you know, obviously maybe not obvious to all of our listeners, but, you know, when when teams start to see a, an end of an era approaching, whether it's from an executive um, or a coach or, pairing of a superstar tandem or just the end of a contract coming up soon uh, for a star player, if you don't have assurances, the the decision makers above that rung on the totem pole definitely start to, you know, at least preemptively or or preliminarily cast their net. So if it's on the executive level, level ownership definitely starts to send out feelers around agents and other industry figures, what have you. And from the coaching side of things, sure. I mean, executives definitely want their opportunity, right? Assistant GMs and senior vice presidents and what have you—they want their chance to run a team. But the coaching carousel and the coaching turnover in the NBA is what it is, and it's so more vast, or fast and vicious, and um, and just unforgiving that. The second an opportunity even even seems to be possible. The second blood is in the water, people start to smell it and start to swarm, and they start to talk about it. And with the Jazz, like obviously, it's a, it's it's a pretty intriguing coaching opportunity, being that you know, to 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 maybe address one of this one of the questions here in the comments so far from looks like Cyron uh funny <laughs> name. Um you know, Donovan Mitchell, by all accounts, is. Most likely going to be in Utah next year. Who knows what's going to happen with Rudy Gobert? But this is a team that's made six straight conference finals. They're the best team in the league last year, record-wise, um, in the regular season. They've been a, a, a perennial, you know, postseason contender on the doorstep of winning the title. It's definitely a job that I think people will want. Um, so I think that's also part of being an element of this whole saga, if you will, of whether Quinn will stay or will he not go because. It's it's definitely a coveted opportunity.
0: Well, I I think that the the Jazz making it clear that they don't want to take a step back in the Western Conference. um, I think that part of it makes it, you know, um, an opportunity that you know a lot of people will want, Um, um, just because you know that whatever way that the roster is going to be structured, it's going to be structured with the intention of winning. Next year, right? So, um, I, I think that that's one of the things that that making an opportunity. I think you know just the very definition of a head coach being. There's only thirty head coaches in the NBA, so there's only thirty of these jobs. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously is you know going to make it, you know, covered it, Um, you know, just by definition of it, um, you know, the fact that there was. Uh, I thought that there was a lot of competition for it eight years ago, um, and you know, obviously Quinn Snyder emerged and 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 won the job. Um, but I mean, you know, you you you're coaching you're coaching Donovan Mitchell um, at least for next year. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are, I mean, you have a you know the thing. I don't know what the roster is going to look like, and I don't think. You know, because I think that there's so much variance of what can happen. I think that there's a scenario where, you know, the Jazz bring back most of the core, but then there's a scenario where, uh, you know, I don't think the Jazz can make one trade. Like, I, I think if they make a trade, there's going to be a domino effect that causes them to make multiple trades. Um, you know, so just because if they make a trade, you know, let's say for the sake of argument, they trade Rudy Gobert for the sake of that argument. If they trade Rudy Gobert, you know, my, my gut is that they're going to try to trade Rudy Gobert and try to get bigger on the perimeter. And if they do that, and, and, and that is indeed the trade in terms of what the structural, what the structure is position wise, then you're probably going to have to trade some other position players um and and no spots if you're the Jazz. So, mm-hmm. you know, it it it's it's a wild card in terms of what the roster will look like, but in terms of what the front office has in mind, which is not to take a step back, um you probably know that you're going to have a roster that's 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 ready to win right away. And, you know, with um And with, you know, with coaches, the name of the game is winning. Um, You know, at at this point, at at this level, you only kind of get a year, uh, a a year or so of of a grace period. And then, you know, you got to start winning or else, you know, your organization, your franchise is going to be looking for the next head coach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coaches want to step in to situations Um, where they have an opportunity to, to to win right away. So, you know, I think that, you know, for those reasons, I think that those are, um, you know, I I think that there's going to be a lot of interest in this job.
1: I do believe they're internally weighing Rudy Gobert trade options and, and externally making calls and contacting teams, at least on the preliminary stages so far. It's out from, from my conversations with people on the league Um, It sounds like Toronto, Atlanta, and Chicago are the three teams so far that have showed at least some type of tangible interest in acquiring him. It's going to be difficult to find any trade that works with his contract. And the fact that he is not just like a plug-and-play player stylistically on the offensive side of the ball. Um, And his value is definitely checkered amongst – players in the league for whatever, for whatever reason. I mean, there, there are several reasons. I don't really want to get into them and uh, be aggregated for slandering and ridicule bear, but let's just say, you know, he's always the last guy picked in the all-star game draft pretty much. Right. Um, he's not, he's just not a player that other players are, are dying to play with, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, there's definitely, I I've talked about the OG type of framework that I think is possible with Toronto um, Atlanta, I'm not so certain on what that deal framework would look like. My guess is that it would be Clint Capella and another piece going back, but John Collins is a name that's certainly out there. And, you know, like you mentioned perimeter de- defense has always been something that the jazz have been known to be looking for, for the better part of the last year. And the the Hawks clearly have a, a trove of wings from Kevin Herter to Bogdanovich to DeAndre Hunter, um, and on down the list. Um, and Raps fan in our comments wants to know what you think about the Nick Vucevic Pat Williams concept that I heard a bunch of people mention to me uh, yesterday when I made some calls about the Jazz.
0: Um, I'm not trading Rudy Gobert for Nick Vucevic because that trade doesn't do anything for for the Jazz. Um, I would agree. It it just doesn't. They want to they 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 their their, their primary objective is to get bigger on the perimeter and get better defensively. The trade that I would probably explore if I were to jazz because I think the, the the goal of um the goal of trades and I you know when I say this it's gonna seem really elementary but I think it gets really lost on Twitter. In social media, <laughs> the goal of trades is that both teams win. Yeah. Both teams win. That's the goal of the trade. Both teams benefit. So there, I'm, there's probably two trades that I would have in mind that I think that both team that that benefit um, the Jazz in the Hawks or the Jazz and the Raptors. Um, you know, I. Th- I think the Hawks have a lot of interest in Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, and I think they do have some interest in Rudy Gobert. Um, so if I were the Jazz, and I'm not the Jazz, so don't aggregate this. Um, <laughs> the title of the show. please. title please. of the show. I would we're just call two guys the,
1: talking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just two guys talking. I have no reporting on this. If I were the Jazz, I would call the Hawks, and I would offer – Rudy Gobert, Bojan Bogdanovic um, for um, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, um, the number 16 pick in this year's draft and a future second round pick. Now, if you're a Hawks fan or if you're a Raptors fan, the question you're having is why, why the picks? So the answer would be that number one, Today, you're trading the, the, if you're the Jazz, you're trading the two best players in the deal. This might not hold up, you know, over time, but today, you know, Rudy Gobert and Bojan Bogdanovich are the two best players in the deal. Um, Secondly, Rudy Gobert and Bojan Bogdanovich are by far the two most durable players in the deal. Um, You are, you are trading two guys who play in between 70 and 80 games a year for two guys who have had trouble staying on the floor. So if you were the Jazz, you need some pick compensation as well. Um now maybe that just works for uh maybe that just works for a first round pick if you're the Hawks. Maybe that's a maybe that's a future first round pick but you know I think that if you were the Jazz you know, I think that there's some risks there in terms of durability because your your best ability is your availability, and neither Collins or um, Hunter have been, you know, really available. Now the the risk you're taking is the, if you're the Hawks is that DeAndre Hunter turns into Kawhi Leonard, and you know that could happen. And the other risk is that Rudy Gobert turns into DeAndre Jordan in three years. <laughs> and that Bojan Bogdanovic is now 34 years old and he falls off a cliff. That has not happened with him. He's, act- he's he, he was act- really, really good this year. Bojan was really good this year. But, you know, my sources tell me that... um. You know the Haw- Hawks' owner was really disappointed by this season, and that um, you know there's some some pressure um, on Travis Shankler to 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 win next year, yeah. and um, and and Rudy Gobert and Bo Bogdanovich, you put them with Trey Young, and you're gonna win. Now the domino effect of that is now you ha- if you're the Hawks, you have to find a taker for Clint Capella. Um, you know, so, you know, but I mean, you could talk about it and, you know, you know, obviously you could, you, you could think about it and, um, you know, you probably have to throw some ancillary pieces to for, for the money to, to completely work. But, um, you know, that's just the framework of, of a deal that I was thinking about. The second deal you think about, you know, in, I think Jake, Jake, me and your, my reporting, your, your reporting, and my reporting is definitely aligned on this. We both have heard from multiple sources that that the Raptors have interest, have have shown interest in Rudy Gobert. Um, you know, I, if if I'm the Jazz, I would probably think about a deal. Um, probably like OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. Um. Malachi Flynn, and possibly the thirty-third pick of this year's draft for Rudy Gobert, and you know, um, whatever ancillary piece that Toronto wants, and 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 a second round, and a in a future second round pick from from the Jazz. Um, from the Jazz, you know, I'm just trying to get into the draft any way possible, mm-hmm. but you know. You know, obviously Toronto, number one, um, they would like, you know, a rim, protecting, a rim protector uh, and a vertical spacer for, for Fred Van Vliet. Um, and, you know, secondly, you know, obviously, you know, Pascal Siakam Scotty Barnes, you know, they're just too good uh, for those guys not to get the basketball on almost every possession at this point you know, with Fred Van Vliet. So, you know, if you're the Jazz, you know, that, that gives you a framework of, okay, you know, our wings, um, you know, we're upgrading on the wings. And if you're the Jazz, I think that you have at least a fighting chance of, you know, then going from that deal and, and wrapping a framework around uh, possibly boyan Bogdanovich to the Hawks uh, for for DeAndre Hunter. Now, if you're the Jazz, you would probably have to add the pick to that deal. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be a first down the line or a second down the line. Um, you know, just because Boljan is is you know Boljan's thirty four years old, um, and you you know you're trading him for somebody ten years younger. Um, but you know, I think that if you're the Jazz you know you could probably do that now the domino effect if you're the jazz is that now you have too many point guards on the roster and this is not even counting Donovan Mitchell who is going to be your point guard next year because the jazz have every intention of making Donovan Mitchell the point guard next year so you're probably going to have to trade Mike Conley um you know so it it's you know that's this this is the reason why i say that if you're the jazz, if you make one deal, you're probably going to have to make another deal Um, just because, you know, now you're, 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 um, you're shaping the structure and the framework of the roster and it, you know, in, you know, you have to make moves in multiple places. So for me, it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch, but, but yeah, there's, there's definitely um, a chance that the Jazz are going to be very, very busy this in, in the next month.
1: Yeah, Bogdanovich has been a name that they've definitely looked to explore his market dating back to last summer, especially the draft of last year. Um, Conley, like you said, with because I know the coaching staff throughout Snyder's tenure and any staff that will take over here, we'll definitely continue this conversation of whether optimizing Donovan at the point guard position is, is, you know, the right move. And just based, sometimes you got to make decisions based off of what you have in your tool chest. Right. And moving. And the fact that Conley will theoretically still have value somewhere. I mean, the the Knicks are, are one team that definitely comes to mind in terms of like a team that if they strike out on on other point guard options, he's still on a pretty valued deal at around $20 million a year. If you could use him to get something else to slide Donovan over, then you're you're kind of plugging holes um, while not really sacrificing too too much. I mean, obviously Conley's been a really key part of what they've done moving forward, but he's been in and out of the lineup. Donovan has shown the ability to kind of run things offensively. Atlanta, like you talked about multiple times, they're the most interesting trade partner to me, specifically for Utah, but also just in general with any team, because they seem to be by far the most motivated team. Maybe Utah's right behind them, um, but they seem to
0: be. My source to say that that, I mean, I'm sure your reporting lines up, but my my source to say that pretty much everybody outside of Trey Young is available in Atlanta.
1: Everybody, like you mentioned, DeAndre Hunter a bunch of times. If you ask the Hawks pre-deadline this year, if he was available, they would have said, no, no, no. We think he's, you know, going to be the next Kawhi type of stuff. Um, but, you know, then there's starting to be some talk around the league that he, that they were at least listening to him, which was a big change. Um, and then now it's, it's completely shifted to, I mean, you know, the owner, Tony Ressler came out and said it publicly that, that they need big changes. Um, Travis Lang did go on. Uh, um take a local radio show and talk about it. So my eyes definitely on the Hawks. Um, but, you know, just for Utah to find a package, that one thing you mentioned, I hadn't really thought about is getting picks back. That's something I think is going to be pretty intriguing to Utah, whether to go use it, use that pick for another deal. Like you talked about in that scenario of attaching it to, uh, to Bojan and sending it out. But and there's just one thing that is hamstringing the jazz in these conversations is that not not like not that they're dead in the water without having a pick, but they don't have any future draft capital until 2027, I believe, and they don't have any young rookie scale contract players to go out and entice another team to go be a buyer. That was something that 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 you know hampered them and their efforts and at least the early conversations they had with Detroit at the deadline to, to try and go get Jeremy Grant. And I know they've got Nikhil Alexander Walker now after the deadline, but you know he he doesn't ex- he's not exactly screaming a ton of value on the league right now he he's shown you know promising flashes but you know he's not someone that i think a lot of teams have circled on their radar or someone they you know they're loving to have back as like a blue chip rookie skill contract uh piece back of like a centerpiece for a deal so if they could get a pick or they could get a pick to use in this draft to turn into some one of that one of those players it wouldn't just help them in terms of having like a young player on the run roster and have a rookie scale contract guy for what's become a pretty expensive cap sheet. But to have that flexibility for future deals moving forward would be pretty important and something that the Jazz haven't had for a couple of years now too.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I think that, that Rudy Gobert has become increasingly available over the last few weeks because, you know, I, I think that, let, let's say if you, you're you the Jazz and, you know, a whole bunch of teams love Jared Butler or a whole bunch of teams love Nikhil Alexander-Walker, there's a chance that you can retool around Mitchell and Gobert and get what you need, right? But, you know, like you said, you know, with that avenue largely not being available, especially, you know, with the picks, then, you know, the, you're... You know, you, you if if you probably have to trade one of your two best players, um, and I'm not saying you probably have to. I'm just say you probably have to listen, and you know, I I think that the market around Rudy Gobert is 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 narrow, um, but I think that the market that does exist, um, in that narrow tunnel, um, holds holds some value, and, you know. Now, the question that I have, you know, with the Jazz, and this might be a little bad luck for the Jazz, is the fact that, you know, now DeAndre Ayton now looks like he's coming available. And, you know, so now, you know, those three teams, you know, you're looking at the Jazz, oh, you know, you guys are looking to trade Rudy Gobert. Now, you know, there's some sign-and-trade possibilities um with with Ayton as well so it'll be interesting to see but you know I I just keep coming back to uh, Atlanta and Toronto um you know maybe you, you know you give Charlotte the call um but I don't know you know what Charlotte would trade back you know if Yeah
1: it doesn't sound like Gordon Hayward coming back to Utah would be no, a, that's a, not a, welcome, a, a welcome sign
0: <laughs> definitely not I I was told by multiple people that that that's just not happening. So me too, me too. I I don't know, I don't know what to what Charlotte can put in money wise, um, that that will entice the Jazz. You know, if you're the Jazz, you can't really take back Terry Rozier because now you know you're just in the same spot with Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. Although you know, even though I like, I really like Terry Rozier, um so that that complicates things with Charlotte because you know if the jazz were willing let's say you know for the sake of argument they were willing to take back Gordon Hayward maybe if you're the jazz you can get you know at least one of their first round picks this year maybe even both um take back Hayward which is perceived to be a bad contract maybe Hayward gets healthy then the jazz have another wing that you know that's productive but you know like you know, if that's just not happening, the Jazz don't want Hayward back. No,
1: I don't think. I don't, I don't want to put words in Gordon Hayward's mouth, and I I may get a call from saying this, but I don't think that's an outcome. I'm I don't. I have been told that's not an outcome that he would necessarily be wanting for either. I think his exit was pretty unceremonious, right? Doesn't seem like.
0: Oh, it was he, ugly.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's someone that jazz fans are, are are really gearing up to welcome back with open
0: arms either. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a mutual thing. Gordon wouldn't want to come back to Utah either. So, I mean, you know, it, it it's probably best not to not to uh go down that road if you're if you're the jazz so you know, I mean, somebody on Twitter you know said you know, asked me if you were the Jazz, would you consider, you know, Lonzo Ball, Io DeSumo, and Patrick Williams as a framework for Rudy Gobert? And, you know, my, and my answer was there would have to be a lot of picks involved because um, um there are multiple players that would be going back to the Jazz that have injury, that have had injury issues. Um. You know, in addition to you know the obvious, which is Rudy being the best player in the deal, um, but you know, structurally, like you're trading back guys who have length, who are who have length and athleticism, who um, who defend, you know, who do a bunch of things on the floor, who could do a bunch of things on the floor around Donovan Mitchell, and you know, it's it's something that if you were the Jazz, maybe you you'd listen to. Uh, I just don't see the Jazz listening to the, anything that has uh, Nikola Vucevic um, in the framework of the deal uh, just because, you know, Vuce doesn't do anything for what for what the Jazz need at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I also don't know if the Bulls have any real appetite for that deal if Vuce isn't outgoing then in some capacity, right? I doubt they're going to want to carry $50 million in salary uh, for this season, Vuce's deal expires. And I think the only reason why they're even exploring this is because they, they do know his deal is coming up and they're kind of figuring out what to do. He's on the other side of 30, all that type of stuff. Um, I, I want to touch on Donovan and, you know, like you said at the top and as everyone's kind of bit alluding to that, it seems like there's only really one guaranteed year, maybe even not of him left around in town. And as we joked about at the top, the title of this episode about him being unnerved, unsettled about uh, you know the, the future of the franchise. It seemed like he would like some influence on this coaching decision, as most all stars do. The Jazz have done you know plenty to service his desires, let's say, in terms of the training staff, training for Eric Pascal, hiring a lot of um, you know, people who are familiar with him. Um, you know, Johnny Bryant is a name that everyone I talked to yesterday and a few people I spoke with today, I wasn't on the phone as much today, working on a different project. Um, you know, people are pretty much expecting he's, he's the, the clear favorite here because of that relationship with Donovan because of how the Jazz have you know, catered to him in, in the last 18 months or so, they had training camp in Las Vegas also because he wanted to have training camp in Las Vegas. Um, is that kind of where your head's at, that if him and Ryan Smith get together in a room or him and his people and Ryan Smith get together and kind of figure this out, Johnny will ultimately be the guy or is it way too early? And this is just the cynical take of people on the league who are, Piecing together the data points and obviously connecting Johnny's strong relationship with Donovan from years past.
0: Yeah, I think that I think there's a little bit of both in there. I think it's early, um, and I think that there are some really good names um, that are on on the list. Um, there are some good names on the on the interview list, and and I do think that the list has. Um, potential to expand, but at the same time, I think I think Johnny's it will expand. To, not, not, not to
1: yeah. interrupt yeah. I, I was told their list is nowhere final. They're definitely it's definitely going to expand.
0: I, I've even heard that you know they you know I've I've heard some new names today. Um, but at the same time, I think Johnny's going to be right in the thick of it. Like I think he's, <laughs> I think he's going to be a finalist at the very least. Yeah. Um and you know uh full disclosure i i know johnny pretty well um personally and you know he's i you know i'd be shocked if he doesn't crush his interview um just because i i i know that's the type of guy that he is um he's always been a a go getter um you know so and, and and i think that he really you know, I think that the cynical take is yes, yeah, CAA, Donovan, yada yada yada. But you know, I think that he comes with some some real pros that you know this this jazz roster needs. And um, you know, he if you hire Johnny Bryant today, Donovan Mitchell was bought in to his head coach. Mm-hmm. You need your best player to buy into his head coach, like you just need it. The same thing with, and you know, I don't want to. I'm not putting Donovan Mitchell on LeBron James's level, but you know, LeBron James seems pretty bought into Darvin Ham as his head coach.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you, you just need that. Um, you know, so that's a real pro. You know, Johnny knows Utah. Like he went to the University of Utah. Um. You know he's you know he he knows the lay of the land there, you know there's no adjustment period there that's a real pro um you know at the same time, Johnny's a tough dude, you know he's always been a tough dude he's from from oakland you know this is you know he's that's just been ingrained in him. Johnny Bryant can tell donovan Mitchell no that right there is something. That right now, that might be the number one thing this organization needs at this point. To tell you the <laughs> truth, I'm I'm being so real, and and Johnny Bryant can tell Donovan Mitchell no. and
1: it's, it's something that's completely uh, it's it's repeated all the time about the the ability to hold stars accountable in this
0: league. Yes, and you know, so there's some and, and you know and and so there's some real pros there you know now the questions for me is you know is it a touch early for for johnny bryant to be a head coach does he need a couple more years of of experience as an assistant you know so for me if you hire johnny bryant as a head coach i think that you know his second chair has got to be somebody with that's got to i think his second chair has to be a former NBA head coach. Um,
1: well, it probably won't be Terry Stotts because Terry Stotts, basically, from my understanding, told the Lakers that he does not want to be an, an associate head coach. So right,
0: right. Um, and but there, are, but there are guys around. the, There are guys around the league yeah. that yes, that have coaching experience. So
1: okay. I was just throw out that data point.
0: Yeah, you know. So I mean, you know. I think John. I think Johnny's obviously uh, one of the favorites here. Uh, from what I've heard, there's there's you know a lot of the players really like uh, Alex Jensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the current players really AJ like Alex Jensen. Yeah. So you know I think that that that's something uh, that the Jazz are going to have to. Uh, and Alex Jensen is definitely going to get an interview. Um, you know, so I think that that's something that um, uh, jazz fans are. I mean, that the Jazz are going to have to weigh as well. And you know, I like I really like Will Hardy and Charles Lee. Those are two guys that, you know, are are really talented guys. Uh, that I think would be really good head coaches. So, you know, there's it is it's it's, it's going to like everything else that's going on with the Jazz. I think it's going to be a fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to watch and. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens.
1: So the other side of the Johnny Bryan equation is obviously he's currently with the New York Knicks. And people will say that part of that hiring there was because of the relationship with Donovan and the Knicks' ongoing efforts to try to lure him
0: away from Utah. Hire him back. <laughs> you now I've have also, a better job.
1: There you go. <laughs> I've also been saying all along that, if Donovan ever were to request a trade, everyone I've talked to on the league has echoed the same sentiment. It just doesn't seem like the Knicks would even come close to being able to offer the best package for him. And we don't know what would be on the table, right? Because you know, when Paul George requested that in Indiana, no one penciled in OKC as his destination. I'm sure every team who didn't have a clear, obvious lead guard And even ones who do, like the Miami Heat, for example, right, even though they've got Jimmy Butler, like I'm sure 20 out of 30 teams in the league, probably more, are going to line up to make a call. Um, So we don't know who would would really emerge in in that scene to to put an off on the table. But looking at what recent star packages have been, even what the Drew Holiday-type deals have been, but you go to James Harden, you go to Anthony Davis, R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly and a couple first-round picks just doesn't seem like the the haul that a team would want to take back for a superstar like Donovan Mitchell. I just don't see him being traded to the Knicks as a real likelihood unless they're able to snuff out any other suitor because he's going to say, you know, I won't resign their long term, but even still, there's still three years left on his deal, right? After going into this next season, let's say the trade request comes next year, there's still two years left on that contract. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna believe it when I see it that Bowman Mitchell as a New York Nick is gonna happen, at least in the, at least in this this upcoming contract, um, you know, before before this deal gets gets expired.
0: Well, next year is a sweet spot for for. Donovan and the Jazz. Um, This year, the Jazz don't have to trade Donovan. If there's a year left on the deal, then the Jazz are going to have to take scraps. Next year is probably the year that's, that's the sweet spot with Donovan and the Jazz in terms of Donovan could probably safely ask out of the contract without being vilified, and the Jazz could still get pretty fair value for him yeah. so i you know i think you know if I, I, the the thing about it is i think the jazz really want to prove to donovan that they're on a championship trajectory yeah um you know and and you know frankly that's why they just don't have any interest in trading him this year and they've they've made that so very clear um you know, um, but I mean, they're going to have to produce this year. This is an important year for them, and this is an this is probably to me one of the three or four most important off seasons the Jazz have had in franchise history. Like, and and they this front office is under pressure for me, in my view, to to pretty much get every move right, every move that they make this 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 off season you know a year from now we got to look back on that those moves and be like wow that that really turned out well um you know cuz right like the jazz signed Rudy Gay we all thought at the time that it was a great signing <laughs> he was going to be a small ball five did not turn out well at all a couple of years ago 3 years ago the jazz signed Jeff Green we thought that was Jazz sound, Jeff Green and and Ed Davis. We thought that was a great move. Yeah, did not. Neither one of those turned out well at all. You had to use a pick to get off of Ed Davis, and and Jeff Green didn't even make it to Christmas. (laughs) So I mean, so whatever they do, whatever you know. Now the irony is we all questioned the Hassan Whiteside move. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that actually turned out pretty good. Like, Hassan was good this year. Like, legit good. Like, he he still has some Hassan Whiteside moments. Like, there were still moments where we were like, oh, my God, Hassan doesn't want to play tonight. But all in all, like, he was pretty much a 7 out of 10, especially, you know, with him being a veteran minimum signing. So in, in the Daniel House move turned out to be really good and unwittingly the juan Hernan gomez move because he was just a throw-in that turned out to be really good um you know so the so whatever the jazz do you know whatever trade they make that trade has to work whatever secondary trade they make that secondary trade has to work if they decide to bring back the bulk of of their roster and make minimal moves and just hire a head coach that has to work. Whatever head coaching hire they make that has to work. Like it all, it all has to work. The West is going to be a monster next year. You know, Denver's getting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter jr. Back. The Clippers are going to be loaded. They're going to be healthy. You know, the, the Warriors aren't going anywhere. The Mavericks aren't going anywhere. You know, um, so, I mean, if the Jazz are going to be at their stated goal, which is to stay, you know, at or near the top of the Western Conference, then, um, you know this this offseason is this this offseason needs to be an A plus offseason for them.
1: Yeah, and the thing that's going to make the season such a uh, a high pressure one as well is that it's going to be hanging over everything, right? Like, if they go on a losing streak, um, if things start to – just like with, you know, Giannis and Milwaukee before they won the title. It was it was a storyline. It was a talking point. It probably will be throughout the year, and that's just going to add, um, you know, further context to everything that happens in Utah moving forward. Um, all right, we're almost at the top of the hour here. I've asked you a ton of questions, Tony. This is, this is the time where I like to flip the script and uh, t- take people off guard. Do you have any questions for me? You don't have to, but I feel like it's only fair.
0: I put you on the spot. You could put me on the spot. Um, okay. As one of my sources said to me, uh, <laughs> one of my sources uh, said to me last week, who is this Jake Fisher kid, and how does he keep getting everything right? <laughs> well, what's the question? I don't know what the question is. I just wanted to tell you one of my sources said that to me. I appreciate that, man. Is uh, no, no. We Twitter.
1: I get nothing. I get nothing right. I'm wrong all the time, and I report every rumor that I hear, even though I only write once a week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. Um, what what do, what do you think the Jazz should do?
1: I uh I'm I'm on the fence about whether or not to move Rudy because he's clearly the piece that would get the most back for them, right? And I feel like that's kind of what they need. They need to send out smaller not a smaller amount to get more, I would think, right? Um But then again, like, he is their defense pretty much. Not single-handedly, but he's a huge piece of it. And I'm kind of scared to see what – even if, you know, let's say it's a – let's say it's a super defensively charged scenario of, like, Clint Capella and DeAndre Hunter. You know, we don't know – we just don't know what a team with Donovan Mitchell on the court without Rudy Gobert over a long stretch of time, is going to be like defensively. And everyone I've talked to in the NBA who has even shit on Rudy has said, if you trade for him, you know you're getting at least a top-10 defense and probably going to be competing for a top-four seed in the playoffs. So it's a pretty high bar. And I wonder if they're going to be able to uphold that without him. Um So that being said, like – and you know, I also I also was told recently by someone like the the savviest executives who are the most focused on running out their clock and and keeping their position of power as long as possible, they do one move at a time to say oh you know let's just change the coach and then we'll play out this season and see how it goes because the next year we can make a trade of a player so. I think that's smart here from a standpoint of like the the, the baseline of what this Donovan Rudy pairing has been is already so high. So maybe, you know, what I would try to do is Quinn is gone. Maybe they do need to benefit from a different voice. I would try to explore a Conley Bogdanovich deal or multiple deals to try to see what different pieces I could get back. I'd move Donovan over to the one. I'm a pretty big fan of, having your 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 high-scoring, you know, do-it-all guard, be that pure point guard, that James Harden in Houston, if you will. Not pure point guard, but, you know, the, your pure lead ball handler. You know, I'm curious to see if Anthony Evers can even get to that point at some point in Minnesota. He's definitely not ready for that now by all, by all means. But maybe he could get there at some point. Um, you know, the way that the Clippers have kind of used Kawhi and Paul George when healthy as their lead ball handler, all that type of stuff. Um, so that's kind of what I would try to do. I don't know if that's what they should do, but that's me, uh, from my chair, looking at the league, that's what I would, if I suddenly got hired to run the Utah jazz, that would be my goal, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I tried to make that, um, that clear on Twitter today, the Utah jazz do not have to trade Rudy Gobert.
1: Not at all.
0: Like, I think
1: they'd you love know, to keep him.
0: There so the options. So you either get something significant back that's going to help your roster, or you keep him, and and you figure it out. Um, you know, now it might be, you know, now you're banking on Rudy to stay at peak levels. Um, he's going to be 30, and uh, he's going to be 30 this month. Um, but I mean, you know, these are the, I mean, there are other players other than Rudy Gobert on the Jazz that people are inquiring about, you know, um, around the league. People have, their, you know, Bojan Bogdanovich has generated some, you know, some, some real interest. Um, and Royce O'Neill is generating an interest as well. Um,
1: you think they'd part with him, though, with the Donovan relationship and being represented by the same agent?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think it would it would have to be something that, that's a no-brainer. But, I mean, you know, it's just me saying that other teams are interested in him. And, you know, so, I mean, there's – I think, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see – I think Mike's – Market is is uh, is smaller, but I think that there there is a market for them. You know, like if you're if you're the Jazz, you know, call up a couple teams into your point guard and and you see what happens. Um, you know, but you know if you don't if you know if if the the packages that um that Rudy generates on the market in terms of conversations. If, if down what you want, just keep them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't have to trade them. You know, this True. is not a Donovan Mitchell situation. Rudy's not going to ask out at any point. Yes. I don't think. No. You
1: know, any notion that these guys want the other one gone, or they're going to management and pounding on the table and saying it's him or me, I've been told it's completely been
0: overblown. Um, yeah. Not, I, that hasn't, that has not happened. Yeah.
1: I'm sure they've expressed frustrations with the other guy, and I'm sure they've been briefed on things that are being discussed, but I think that's about it. Um, to 9-1 Brad one's comment, is the assumption true about Rudy having the most trade value? I meant outside of Donovan, because I, I, like we've been talking about this whole time, Tony and I are definitely working under the assumption that Donovan's going to be there next season, especially, oh, I, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago, um, I think you've talked about it too, Tony, like the all-star game being in Salt Lake is a big factor. I definitely want to have Donovan be the star and be the host all-star and all that type of stuff. Typically that's a recipe for a guy to be in candidacy for all-star game and MVP. That would be a great moment for the team that would potentially play a factor in keeping him around. I think they'd love to have Rudy around too. You know, having two all-stars just like the Cavs did with Jared Allen and Donovan Mitchell was a, would be a pretty good moment for them. Um, but yeah, I think, like we said repeatedly throughout here, it does seem like Rudy's is far more likely to get moved if, um, you know, if it even does happen. Like we like we've said, it it's not guaranteed. I think there'd be a ton of momentum to keep him there if if the right deal didn't materialize. But yeah, they're going to look at all options. There's going to be some type of change. We're just going to have to wait and see how it all unfolds.
0: Yeah, facts. I mean. You know, I think it's a bit jarring because, you know, the Jazz have been so stable over the years, Um, you know, and I think it's a bit jarring and I'm going to use this word and a bit unnerving (laughs) to to fans (laughs) um, and a bit unnerving to fans that, um, you know, that, you know, there's so much variance of what can happen uh, this offseason. But, I mean, you know, we are where we are. And, you know, you, you knew once the change happened at the top, which is, you know, ownership, um, you know, that, that, you know, things were going to tr- tr- change and trickle down to the organization. You're just not going to get a four-year-old owner who doesn't want to come in and run, run things his way. Like, that's just not going to happen. So you knew that there were going to be changes, um, and you knew that that, you know, that stuff was going to end up happening at some point.
1: We're going to see how it all happens, man. Thank you so much for popping on. We way Absolutely. longer than I thought we would because it just you're, you're the guy for Utah stuff. Shout out to Andy Larson, Sarah Todd as well. well but,
0: uh, shout out to shout out to Ryan Miller and Eric Walden as well. You know, all my people, some Ben Anderson, you know, shout out to the Utah Jazz beat riding crew. Love you guys. You got anything you want to plug before I get you out of here? nah man just you know go go to the athletic and please read my stuff and be nice to me in the comments i appreciate you
1: hit the whatever face at the bottom means tony did a good job too i know the boss is there at least look at that stuff yes don't hit
0: the med button
1: (laughs) thank you tony i know it's not easy to give up an hour of your time for free appreciate it man i'm sure i'll see you out in vegas and uh Good luck on the beat. I'm sure you're going to be working the phones and it'll be an
0: eventful couple weeks here for you. No problem. Thank you, my guy. Appreciate you for having me.
1: Yes, sir. We'll be back on Friday with Taco Trey Kirby, um, I believe at 4 o'clock Eastern. I'm heading to Boston tomorrow for game three. For everyone who will be there we'll be watching at home, enjoy the game. Stay safe. We'll talk to you guys. See ya.